Welcome back, everyone, to There Will Be Dungeons. Will there be a dungeon today? I don't know. Maybe. There was one last week for sure. Will there be one today? It doesn't matter. We're all here, and uh, uh, welcome us uh, one and all. John's here, of course, Kristen, Kyle, our DM, and myself, Scott Johnson. And we're about to play D&D. And remind you to head over to phoenixpearltea.com. That's phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD and pick up some teas based on our campaign. It's another way to support the show. More on that later. Uh, that's going to do it for the intro here. Let's get straight to Kyle, who will tell us what happened last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> last time on There Will Be Dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked it, if I'm honest. I thought it was pretty cool. I was great, like, maybe Whoa. the Minotaur is going to be doing the <laughs> intro. That was great. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, we went to the Flumph Bathhouse on what was labeled as Dungeon Level E, the deepest dungeon level to be investigated formally. The guild hoped to set up a sort of waypoint, a rest house, taking advantage of the Flump hospitality. The spa, however, was home to many a monstrosity of the Underdark. Ropers. Aboliths, beholders, deep gnomes, deep dwarves, all gathered around the bathhouse to relax and to escape the toll of the darkness. The flumps were uh, curious about these humanoids from above, and they did invite them in for a evening of pleasantries. As they navigated the social waters, literally, they were invited to check out the back room where the filters had been infested by the dark ooze that has been present throughout Atomer in the past. The Delvers defeated the dark ooze and were invited to stay the night, of which they did. Ko, uh, you were invited to speak with the Abolith right before we ended last time. Yeah. Would you like to have that conversation or did he page through your mind and you denied him any sort of pleasantries? Uh, I mean, we can have that conversation. I, I'll have that conversation. Very good. Come, come, go. Speak with me. All right. Ko would, uh, Ko would enter. He would be familiar with this type of speaking. And, uh, uh who are you? What do you want? I rest here now. Friends, I seek to entertain me. Every passing moment with these flumps bores me greatly. Your mind, your mind is open to me. I search it. I see love. I see a child. Were you wanting to have a conversation or just read my mind? Both. If you do seek an audience with my knowledge, you but entertain me with the book of your story. Okay, and what about you? You just hang out at a bathhouse board reading people's minds? From time to time when I seek a respite from my devious ways in the dark. Devious ways? Flumps aren't known for hanging out with the devious. What gets you in their good graces? Here is neutral ground. All that obey the rules are welcome in the flumph bathhouse. And what is it exactly that you do outside of the bathhouse? 
Oh, turn skin to slime. Build servants for my machinations. Well, uh, I would tread carefully. I would assume anybody who can read our mind would know that uh, should your grasp head too close to the surface, we might pay a visit on not-so-neutral ground. Oh, a hero making bold claims. I am amused. It's not claims if you can see the truth. Very good, very good. I pierce through your mind now. Back, forward, in time. I see blades of mind. That's correct. I see a great proclivity for, mm, what is this phrase, one-shotting. Uh, a useful tendency. Yes, very good, very good. Ah, mm, and a woman vulnerable to the dark. Maybe not so much anymore, but uh, we've had our problems. Oh, maybe while the hero is present, but currently alone, scared. Well, if you knew anything about her, you would know she can handle herself quite well. Yes, of course. Of course. What do you seek here? I spoke with your companions. They're all lost in their ways. I mean, at this point, we're simply trying to do more guild business and maybe find out more about the condition that my wife went through and how we can put a stop to the one who caused it. Ah, yes, the mystery of your time. And do you know anything about it? I know what the Kalazar seeks, yes. What does he seek? The blood of the Dobruth to regenerate himself. The blood of the what? The Dobruth. Oh, without knowledge, you have no means. Oh well, you have me at a disadvantage there. You can flip through my story easily. I have to ask you questions, so what is this? Do you not desire to seek my mind, fellow psychic warrior? Is that something that I could do? Battle me in mind battle! Right, right here, right now? Is there anywhere else? A friendly game of the mind. All right. I'm, I'm game. Engage me. Roll a wisdom saving throw, of which you can add your psychic knack. Okay. What about, is, is this also include my advantage for magical effects and whatnot? Uh, you're attacking him in a sense, but yes, yes, for his defense, yes. Go for it. Best roll was 12, and I can add my Psychic Knack to it. Do that. That's going to be a 17. 
you feel like power is exerting, exhuming from your brain and it meets midair and in an invisible battle, it pushes back and forth with the Aboleth, whose eyes, uh, one on top of the other, wiggle as though concentrating. However, you overcome him suddenly and your mind delves into him like you're going deep underwater. The bubbles kind of pass by and you find yourself at the bottom of the lake, the large lake outside of the Withers Tower. And you see the red eyes open down there. A great ring of seaweed-like plants and crustaceans and and coral-like machinations that twirl about are all around, building kind of a throne for this aboleth where he lay. And you see attending him servants, humanoids, whose skin is translucent and their blood can be seen pumping underneath as they breathe the water in and out of their mouths. Suddenly, the connection is severed. Oh, a victor. Did you see much? I saw where you reside, beneath the lake, attended to by servants. Yes, I have been known in the past as the beast of the lake. In the past, is that your current status as well, when you're not bathing around flumps? I do find it tiresome to be the beast all the time. An interesting notion, but that doesn't tell me much about the Kalazar, unless you're connected in some other way. Well, you didn't seek anything in particular in your mind, Probe. That is not my fault. All right, well, not bad for a first try for me, though. Let's try again. Very well. Round two, best of three. Fair enough. Let's do this. It's a very bad roll to start. It's not as bad a roll. And the neck. 24. Nope. That's a bad roll? I'm bad at... No, the the second one was good. The first one was bad. Oh, okay. You overcome him. In, before you, you see a great labyrinth, very much like those pictures where the stairs go up and some go down and some twist around and there's a block that is also going in a perfect circle and the and the elephant has four, five, six legs and it's an old woman and it's a young woman, but it depends how you look at it. Uh-huh. Where do you delve? There, there are many, many doors in this labyrinth before you. Um, I would be seeking information about the Kalazar. And this uh, thing he said that I don't, I don't know. I don't understand the the term. As uh, a ball of light, you sort of, seeks. you zoom among the corridors here, searching. Make a investigation check. A 13. A 13, you zoom about and you search. And you don't find in any particular information about the Dolbluth. However, you do find a room. And as you open it, you see a grand doorway. And on top, a skull making the teeth and mouth making the portal inward. It's decayed. It's, it looks like it once had form, but the stones have fallen off, revealing the skull underneath. And through that door is a great black metal portal 
Upon it, a large triangle with light shining from the top. And below it, three slots, three indents on a stone tablet. And each are, each are about the size of about four inches across. Do I recognize at all where I am, or this is all new to me? You haven't seen this before, though you do recognize at least the symbol upon the door as the same golden door that you saw inside Anathla's mind when you visited the temple that was guarded by Rianu Keeves and the other elf. Okay. I'd make a note of all of it. And, uh... See if I can investigate further while I'm in his mind. See if I can investigate or discern any sort of his intentions or plans, if he has any. Alright, you zoom out of there. Make another investigation check. A 26. And you're searching for the Aboleth's plans. Yeah, yeah. See what his stake in all of this is. You zoom across the corridors, up some downward stairs, up some upside-down archways, and into another labyrinthine area, and the door opens. And you see inside hundreds, thousands of cheering translucent-skinned humanoids, all bowing and chanting, ha, 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 and far up on a large altar in a great pool, the Aboleth waves his tentacles above and is fanned by great fawns and brought small flumps to feast upon, which he grabs forth from bowls and stuffs underneath his little lamprey mouth as they all, ya, ya, ya. Right. I think that would probably be enough delving into his mind for now. I would pull back. You exit. Victorious you are again, my dueling companion. Yes, indeed. And I've seen the story that you hope to write. Adoration being able to sit on a throne worshipped by so many I guess the only thing I would say is once again be careful that your reach not exceed your grasp oh a heroic threat have no worry youngling these plans go far beyond your lifetime well this has been enlightening and entertaining. Of course, of course, I enjoyed our duel immensely. And with that, Ko would uh, turn and go to leave. Goodbye, one shot. 
<laughs> and then the giggling continues as the door closes behind you, and he makes sure it fades perfectly as you walk away, even though it's a psychic connection that could last for some distance. <laughs> he really enjoyed you. Man. That was awesome. There was, there was opportunity for such things, but... We move on. You all enjoy a restful night down in the Flump bathhouse. You are provided room, which is quite elegant. You are offered further massages and whatnot. Splendor Belt emerges from his, and it was quite, quite delightful. But in the morn, Destroying Angel is gone, having already returned to the surface or taken out ahead of you. You are greeted by... Madame Pooh? who thanks you for being such great guests and shows you the door. She also confirms that her bathhouse may be available for a price for adventurers who need relief upon this level, which you have labeled Dungeon Level E. Okay. Let's make some survival checks. Can do. Intimidating as they may be, this is merely directions. It's not about actually surviving uh, Bear grill style at the moment. <laughs> uh, 21 for Co. 13. An 8 for me. Co, you take the lead as you wind back up through the tunnels, heading towards the Gruber Lift and Lift, which ends around dungeon level that would be D. These winding tunnels have taken you further down. You managed to lead the party. Splendor Belt does a couple of those. Isn't it here? And you go, no. Isn't it here? No. And you continue to walk. Grinkeeper keeps to herself with a 13, doesn't contribute anything, doesn't hinder anything. As you all walk, though, You feel as though you're being watched. In this darkness, in this absolute darkness, Ko has his goggles on, I assume. Does anyone else have any light sources? I mean, I can see, because I have dark vision, so... Sure, there you go. Yeah. But I'm not, nothing, so I guess... Nothing that helps them. <laughs> a Grinkeeper would light her blade. All right, at what extension? She'd do a sword. One hand. A one-handed sword of moonlight extends 15-foot light in the area, and dark vision is all the clearer because of it, because it's dim light rather than bright, interrupting your dark vision. As you wind about, you're following your intuition, looking for fresh air, as well as the path that Destroying Angel led you down. And you come to a tight corridor that she took you upon, an immediate, and as you remember it, it was a tight little winding bit that took you downhill slightly and immediately to the right. And Ko, you start to turn that left, heading into that corridor. However, something catches your eye. A staircase that went unnoticed before. You may now enter the map, which I have provided in the Discord. Ooh. A map, you say? The map. The map. Bring it in now. 
Eh, schmeppy. Okay. Got it. Ooh, it's dark in here. This staircase is tight, worn. The steps aren't for civilian feet, as you will, like an old castle. They're made to be efficient and head down. And you see at the bottom of the steps a smooth something, a, a perhaps a figure, perhaps a, a large being. You're not sure, but it is very apparent against the cavernous walls that are more rough and worn by water and time. Oh, would stop and point it out. Um, am I crazy or did it seem like these stairs? I didn't notice those the first time. Me neither. Uh, Splendorbelt wouldn't remember if he noticed them or not. <laughs> it's lost. So he would just kind of not say anything. He wouldn't. He wouldn't pretend he knew because he really he didn't know. But you're feeling this feeling too, Splendor Belt. Mm. As as you pass every corridor, kind of like going to get the mail at night. It's just a little, little odd. All right. I don't want to check it out. Let's do it, Splendor Belt. You in? Yes. This is fine. All right, I'll take the lead. And Grinkeeper starts going down the stairs. Grinkeeper, you put your your sword out in front of you and start heading down the stairs. And as the 15-foot light extends, it crawls across the floor. And the first thing you see is a large pile of cloth and supports. Like a tent that was torn apart. Slumped on the ground together. She'll keep walking in until the space is fully illuminated. You continue downward. And the light continues to crawl as you walk this very direct kind of cut off at that 15 foot mark. A splendor belt, Ko, go and place yourself where you are now in relation to Grinkeeper. Ko would move here to observe, and then once he felt he was out of the light's radius, kind of duck in behind it to try to hide in the shadows of what was left. Very yeah, good. I'd get in there. Just uh, you can make that stealth check if you'd like. Let's do it. A 32. <laughs> Very good. Jeez. <laughs> Go once again. Barely <laughs> passing into stuff. <laughs> You're not sure where he went. Utter quietness is behind his splendor belt. Co was right behind you. Now he's gone. Okay. As... Grinkeeper's light crawls up the wall. You find that smooth object that I was describing to Ko. A statue is built into the wall, carved of the wall, 100% smooth, though. It has a rib cage, all of stone, and its face. Imagine a humanoid skull, but where the nose is, it detaches slightly and angles upwards. And at the head, there's these great 
vacancy is on the side. And make a make a medicine check. Anybody who's looking upon this. Well, I would definitely be looking, and I got good medicine, so here comes. And an investigation Five. check would also work. Uh, 19 in medicine for me. I don't think Ko's nice. close enough to do a proper investigation. Splinterbutt, you look at this thing and you notice the skeletal structure having, you know, helped out in the infirmaries and whatnot. And this is a humanoid form that this statue takes. But it looks like it's been crossed with a bat. Like you took a bat skull and melded it together with a humanoid skull. Hmm. And the statue kind of extends from the, like a like like the front of a ship, like the icon on the front of a ship, kind of extends out of the wall. And as you follow the humanoid arms up, the fingers all split into large bat wings and spread across the wall. And as the smoothness ends from those bat wings, it goes back into rough cave wall. That's pretty cool. And there's no. Um... I don't know, anything emitting off of it. There's no light coming off of this anywhere. Anything like that. There's no light from the statue. There only the light that's being reflected by Grinkeeper's blade. There might be spells or other sorts of things you might want to cast in the area, but hmm. otherwise this is what your your eyes observe without the aid of magics. Grinkeeper, you rounded the corner. You see a tightly bound leather-covered figure hunched over fetal position. Looks like leather armor that you're viewing from the back. So you have this cloth and structured mass in front of you, and then now a humanoid figure on the ground. Uh, can she see the outline of the room? Is this the whole room illuminated, or is there still more? There'd still be more. So, in fact, as the light kind of continues around, you see the staircase twists about and heads down further. Okay, so as she passes the first collapse thing, she'll kind of kick through it a little, and then she'll walk past to the leather figure and kind of poke it with her sword a little, and then she'll start going down if everyone is still with her. You give the the tent-like figure a kick. Do you aid uh, go to kind of flip it about, or is this more of a, a jiggle? This is a, you're using your sword like a utensil to flip the cloth over, like book pages or something, see if something falls out or anything. But if nothing falls out, she'll continue on. You give the figure a flip, and as it does, you catch an arm that swings it over with the weight, and now a body appears before you. But it's got this great cloth construct about it. Its helm is metal, but it goes in these long, straight-back strands that kind of feather out to the sides. And that's sort of uh, in relief upon the helmet they're wearing. But looking at it, it looks like it might be a sort of wingsuit. And you see upon their chest a badge, a silver badge. As in a guild silver badge? Correct. The kite shield that notes that this was a silver rank. 
and upon painted upon it is a small white moth. Okay, she'll take the badge and the helmet and put it into her bag of holding. You take off the helmet, you put it in your bag, you take the badge. On the back it says number 95. As you have not really studied that, you you can make a uh, you can make an investigation check as if you have viewed the numbers, the rankings of recent, but We'll see what happens. Two. Two? Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't remember remember the rankings. Uh, You frankly don't even remember your own rank at the moment. No. Neither do I. And then you move on? Yep, to the huddled figure before the next staircase. Excellent. As you head over to the huddled figure, I reveal the map, and you can see, you know, for the sake of the map here, of course, there's another level below, but you see how it turns yet again. You see the the wall on the other side, and it would turn around to continue this staircase downward. You see yet another slouch figure. This one, uh, skin exposed and tattoos covering the back, a back of gray skin and a bald head. Uh, They have upon them from what you can see on, in your lights revealed, there's a shining necklace hanging around their neck. And they have a large two-hand maul of a hammer in their hands. She'll use her sword to kind of pull the corpse backwards so it falls flat back on the ground. The one you're in front of the leather-bound figure? Yeah. You grab your sword and kind of give it a give it a jiggle and and start dragging the figure backwards and it kind of in this complete silence of the cave it makes a very loud across the ground each one of your footsteps as you go just and the clanking of your armor just echoes across these stairs as you get it back near splendor belt uh Co is advanced, but Splinterville can't see it. <laughs> Splinterville, what are you up to as you watch Grinkeeper investigate? Um, I would, um, I would have by then moved up here, kind of been right around there. Oops, let me show the map to the chat. Um, yeah, I'd get, I'd kind of want to stay close to her. I still have no idea where Co is. Is he kind of push back, or you you walk past? That skeletal statue, you just get the feeling that it's watching you. Like 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 those inside out faces at the haunted mansion at Disney World. Like everywhere you go, it kind of turns with you slightly by design. Hmm. Go? I, I wouldn't like that. Ko's going to continue to watch, but he will use this opportunity to uh, activate the uh, psychic network. So we'll we'll turn that on. Um, let me just remember how what dice I roll for how many hours, but for now we'll say that's activated. All right. Would you like to make a investigation check? Uh, on the statue, yeah. Let's do that. Now that I'm a little closer, we'll take a look at it. A thirteen. A thirteen. Uh- doesn't nothing really unique stands out at you for it, but your eyes do kind of wander over to this slump figure where Grinkeeper took the helmet and the badge. And 
Noticing it now, it looks like it's a, a fly suit of sorts. You'd be able to use these structured wings to gain buoyancy in the air, fly for a time. However, you might be dressed like a moth doing so. Well, well that sounds not great. <laughs> I mean, I can think of one person that would be way into that, but I think he's already committed to superheroing at the moment, so. Uh, yeah, I just continue to, to watch from the shadows. Greenkeeper, you pull the figure back and you give it a flip over and you see a leather mask that comes across its face and two daggers sort of hanging out of their hilts at the side. There are... Many, many, many little shurikens and throwing knives that are all tied in with the various de- uh, leather straps and whatnot across the figure. And they all kind of tinkle across the ground as you flip them over. There is a badge and it shows upon it a blade wreathed in a kind of black flame. A silver badge. Cool. She'll take the badge. And then was the necklace any sort of holy symbol or anything? The necklace would be on the figure that is further down the stairs. This one here that I described with the dark gray skin and tattoos in the mall. Right now we're investigating the leather bound figure in the top. Okay, perfect. She takes the badge from the leather bound figure, puts it in her bag of holding, and then heads down the stairs to the next figure. Very good. You take a couple steps down the stairs, each step echoing out into this darkness and down and down and down. And you see a large Goliath male. And he has on a bearskin-like tunic that is held in place by a belt. He too has a badge upon his, well, his loincloth attached there. Grinkeeper takes the badge as politely as possible. You reach over the front and you unhook the badge from his loincloth belt structure and you see upon it a a black bear with white painted teeth and the number 73 on the back. Cool, she pockets it in the bag, looks back to Splendor Belt, assumes Ko is somewhere back there in the shadows, nods twice, pretending to nod wherever Ko is, but probably at a wall, not actually Ko. <laughs> uh, waits for a nod back from Splendor Belt and then would start heading down. I would nod. Uh, before Ko moves on, I would check to see if I can identify what killed this leather-bound uh, individual in front of me. Make a investigation or medicine check. Let's do investigation. And it's a 12. You bend down to investigate the figure. And you're a little distracted. You do see that its skin... The pores are a little too large. Like the entire face was pocked or something, a disease of some kind perhaps took them. You're unsure. 
But that is all because your roguish senses immediately notice a ring upon their finger. Oh. Yeah, Ko's gonna take that. You slide the ring off their finger. And as you do, the finger kind of pops and joints backwards. But the ring is a small golden ring with three emerald gems upon it and a figure of a hummingbird. Hmm. All right. Well, oh, now's does. probably not the time to try to figure out what that is while everybody's moving forward. So Ko will just slip that into the bag of holding. Greenkeeper, you were walking on. Yep, we're ready to go. Heading down the stairs, which is opposite to the direction of the surface. Correct. Correct. We're going lower, right? Yep. Yep. Splendor Belt, you walk on past the Goliath body. Yeah. Uncomfortably, but yeah. All right, Code, that would have you in the back now as you are also pushed past the Goliathine body. Yep. Just slowly making my way behind. And as you do, your roguish senses and advanced perception notice that golden necklace about his mouth, his uh, neck. Oh, that's going to disappear into the bag. Of <laughs> <laughs> Any question? No. <laughs> do you, I mean, it, it's a rather robust neck. Do you kind of grab the front annula of it and pull it up over the head, or do you try to go by the neck and raise it up and over? Okay, there's no clasp in the back or anything. It's something that definitely gets pulled over the head. Exactly. Um, yeah, Ko's roguish tendency is also accompanied by some sense of, like, quasi-nobility. So he would do it almost very ritualistically, like... No, we need to preserve this for this individual, even though he knows full well it's just going into the bag of holding. So he would kind of get down in front and kind of ceremoniously gently lift it over the neck, like trying to be respectful, but then just puts it in the bag. Okay, let's make a sleight of hand. A 28. You very deftly and elegantly pull the necklace around the neck. And as you do, you see that there is a, a line sort of indented on the neck where the necklace previously was, but you don't disturb it any further. All right, pop it in the bag of holding and keep up with the rest. Grinkeeper, you begin to descend down. And as you round the corner, your mind perhaps expects another statue, but there's none there. Nothing but bare stone walls and these thin little steps. She keeps going. You continue downward, and it extends for a time. You go across these steps for some five minutes, and they continue to go down, and they go down. You know that as a, as a strong individual, it may not enter your mind. But for our 
companions here, perhaps those with the likes of one constitutions and lower strength, you do have to go back up these steps at some point, and you've been going down for a while. Grimkeeper has not thought of this even once. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't give it much thought either, except now that you say it. It's tempting to say, oh, yeah, but I don't think it would be on his mind at all. Poe's probably thinking about it, uh, but he's going to press on. It's like real life for, for me. I do this all the time. I go down something forever and then realize I got to go back up after. <laughs> yeah, it's an afterthought. You get yeah. there and you just go, oh. Hikes, whatever. Zion's National Park is full of moments like that. Just bring water. <laughs> Take your time. Just sit every third step. You yeah. got it. There you go. Well, then let's go ahead and take our break here. Oh, perfect. Oh. <laughs> All right. We're going to take our break uh, here, as the man says. Give us uh, 8 to 10 to go, uh, you know, take a minute and do whatever needs to be done. And we'll be back right after this. Okay. We're back, everybody. Welcome back to the latter half of today's session. Uh, Kyle, back to you. You all descend down the stairs further, and I'm going to reveal some map above you here on our Schmeppy Biz. Meppy Biz. The staircase narrows slightly as you enter a landing. You've been going down for about 10 minutes or so, just down, down, down these stairs. And as you come to the foot, Grinkeeper, of course, proudly steps into the area. And you see stairs that go up to the left and up to the right. Those go beyond your vision there. And unlike the winding set of stairs behind you, these ones are just up infinitely, like heading to the Bowser room. Grinkeeper's light extends outward 15 feet, but... You can already see along the walls, there's these large pizza-sized discs. One stacked on top of the other, about three feet wide. And they kind of angle inward at a curve. And there's about eight of these curves that all kind of angle in, kind of making this like spiral-like motion upon them. And they're emblazoned with, they're engraved with runes on the side. And there are hundreds of them Whoa. lining the wall at three foot intervals. One kind of row going down this hallway, another row, another row, and the ceiling going up some 15 feet. That'd be five of these stacked on top of each other. For the use of placing where we kind of are here, if you would like to be up on the stairs still behind Grinkeeper, go ahead and use this additional staircase provided for you. So if you're watching Grinkeeper where she currently stands and you're still back on the back staircase, you'd be chilling about here. Yeah. All right, I'd be right behind her, so I'll move up. Yeah, Ko would be a distance, but, you know, he's staying kind of within 30 feet or so. Grinkeeper, the floor ahead of you is carved with tiles that have no art upon them, but this is a stone-worked room. You can't see further beyond, though. The room does continue, and these 
plates on the wall continue all the way down. Cool. She'll look at the runes, see if they seem familiar, but otherwise keep slowly walking forward. Roll a perception or investigation check. And everybody in the range of this can do so. So Spunderbelt, you can do it as well. I think Ko's too far back to see these. Yeah, probably. What'd you say? 19 perception. Perception, you said? Okay. Uh, 16 perception. In an odd moment of perception from Splendorbelt and Greenkeeper, the two of you remember back and you remember the broken stone tablet that laid beneath there in the summoning circle at the Noble Hollow. That night where you fought the great Mother Roper, there was... There was Soulburn, there was the enemy cultists, and they were all gathered round with a body in the center over a stone tablet that was eventually broken as that ritual was interrupted. Uh, one of you, I believe, Ko took a piece of it back and would have one of these kind of curved sliver plates that they delivered to the guild. That's what you remember, but the room is yours otherwise. Hmm. I would say this is, uh, you see, this is familiar to me. Yeah, me too. Hmm. Like the time we uh, we fought Mother Roper in here, or in place like these. Yeah, that's kind of weird. And Greenkeeper keeps on. You advance down the room then? Even with your passive perception of 10, you can see when a pattern is broken. And out ahead of you, you note that... Thank goodness. One is missing. A plate missing from the wall. And an obvious break. This one is about, it'd be third up, so around the what, six foot, nine foot mark. One of these plates doesn't exist and breaks the pattern. Greenkeeper will point it out and wonder if we have the missing piece. I mean, do we? The wondering. We don't have anything that would fit that, right? Or do we? Well, I think everything we had turned got turned into the guild. Yeah. And while you may not be, you know, you may not be aware of where Ko is, you are psychically linked with him to still talk to him, should yeah. you have need. Hmm. I would probably suggest he come look at this, get his take. In my little brain transfer, my little my little broadcast back to him. I'll uh, slip up and take a look, and kind of seeing what you've already said, 
kind of send to the group. Uh, yeah, it could be relating to that tablet that was missing, but we turned that into the guild. We don't have it anymore. You did not keep in bag. Not in this case, no. You like to steal things, I just checking. Like, and- it's not really stealing if you kill the people using it and it's a sacrificial tablet. Well, I, I mean no judgment. Uh, you, you are a man who takes things. It's okay. It's just I, I, In this case, I had kind of perhaps perhaps hoped that you had taken that as well, but uh, or not turned I mean, it we in, did. I suppose. We just didn't give it back. Yeah. Or we did give it back. Yeah. So as you have advanced down the room, Grinkeeper's light only shines so far. How far does your dark vision go on your goggles? I believe it is 60 feet. Yeah, dark vision, 60 feet. Okay, let me reveal more of the room that you're able to see. You see a stone slab, and immediately you recognize it as the one with the three indents that you saw in the Abolith's mind. Beyond it, at just the edge of your dark vision, you see that slight bit of stairs heading up. Ho would, you know, kind of be eager to see this. Um, he would let everybody know what the uh, Aboleth had kind of, or what he kind of witnessed in the Aboleth's mind, that this was something he saw, and that it some way pertains to the Kalazar, though he wasn't able to discern exactly what. You also notice one or two other things with your advanced perception. Ooh. And I'm going to use a different token here. You see two more breaks in the pattern. However, these aren't the stone tablet missing. These are round holes heading back. Coe's uh, gonna work his way carefully up to one of them and take a look at it and see if he can discern what their purpose is. You walk over to it and you see the round edge of the tablet still where those runes would be written all around. You even can kind of make out where perhaps all those little curved inward slats may have folded back. And beyond it, you see a six-foot-long hole, rounded on top, but flat on the bottom. And nothing else in there? It's just empty, hollow, like something should go there but isn't? The one you're looking at is empty. All right, we'll uh, move forward and check out the other one as well. Roll an investigation check. Fifteen. Fifteen? You look inside, and much like the other one, it's empty. However, you do note... Eight scratches upon the ceiling. The roof of this thing. Uh, does it look like does it look like nails are they clumped together are they individual with your investigation you figure if you were to lay down inside this and curve your arms upward this would be where your nails would hit the ceiling Mm. 
Ho will, you know, send that to everybody, let them know. I mean, do you think maybe this, these house beings of some kind? Maybe. Splendor Belt, your token is currently still back at the staircase. Is this true? Uh, no, I would have, um, I would have been here or wherever Grinkeeper is. I'm parked pretty close to her, just behind to the right. Grinkeeper's gonna keep moving slowly forward. She's never stopped. Okay. Grinkeeper keeps walking with her blade alight, and you make it to the. Oh, you walk around. Yes. The, oh, I would have stopped and, here. <laughs> Grinkeeper just circles round it, and you see the three indents, but don't investigate any further. And you head to the short staircase ahead of you. As your light heads up, it's just tall enough to reach the ceiling, and you see another skull hybrided in with these bat-like features, the mouth agape with the teeth bare and two fangs kind of making the pillars on the side. And beyond it, a great black purple metal door with a triangle upon it and a great source of light kind of emanating from the top of that triangle. Oh, well, once again, kind of confirm this is what he saw. Well, it's good we know it's at least tied to the cows are. And Grinkeeper will turn around and slowly start coming back to where the indents are. Try and see if she can figure out what that even means. All right. Make an investigation check. Thirteen. Thirteen? You see the indents. Each are about a three-inch diameter. And they kind of curve inward like a bowl. They have a slight kind of edge to them. And they're evenly spaced across this large stone slab in front of you. All about the base of the stone, you see humanoid figures reeling with their hands above you. It's all its all very, you know, 2D, so all the hands are very flat and all the feet are perfectly positioned, you know, the right way, like a five-year-old kind of drawing. But they're all sort of in reverence and appear to be angling upward. And mixed among them, you see several creatures that you know, large Gricks. In comparison to these people, you know Gricks to be about at like that four foot high on you. They're thick, but they're, you know, they're they're short. In this, they tap people. And you see amongst them the hooked whores, the classic look of the chicken with the big hooked hands and the beetle-like back. And as you walk around it and make it back to the front... You see that large, legged creature that you noticed there in the Kalazar's dream. That was kind of a, a daddy long legs with flames that emanated around its body. 
Would anyone else like to make rules? I'd like to do a religion check. Sure. Anything in here strike me as significant in that regard. Um, let me do that. That'd be a 19. This whole altar is packed with religious uh, symbolism. There seems to be uh, all the angles and people all kind of gather towards and face towards that center daddy long legs like figure here emerging from the stone. And the door beyond, as you look at it, kind of lines up the, the altar is only as tall as the stairs, and it makes this kind of illusion, this optical look as you look down at the pyramid structure, the triangle sits at the very top, and all eyes are looking up towards it. And looking about you now, you've seen the, even, you've been in the basements of the Pelorian Temple. Both you and Ko were down there wrangling feral elves for a long time. This very much looks like a, catac- a catacomb, mm. a long series of tombs, each one of these circles housing a dozen. <laughs> Me senses a chance to use my class feature, perhaps, in this place. <laughs> we are just talking about. Oh, boy. Um, Ko's gonna see if there's a way, like, kind of comparing the, the gap where he's looked to one that has the, the archway in it or the rings and stone in it, and see if he can determine if there's a way to, like, turn it or open it. How do you mean? So, he sees, uh, hold on, let me get my laser pointer. He sees that this one's open. Mm-hmm. He wants to see if there's a way to maybe open the one next to it. I get you. I get you. Investigate, but I'm open to other things. Uh, I think investigation probably makes sense. He's not strong, so he's not going to try to force it. He's going to see if he can discern something about it. Oh, that's a that's a one for a ten. Whoa! You have no idea. <laughs> looking at this, in fact, it it seems as though looking at it, the the plates the the inner blades that would create this filled out gap have no room to exist beyond their sides they should stick out when they retract oh looks confused in front of this he's just staring at it <laughs> splendor belt yeah make a perception check can do Ugh. an 8 <laughs> you see nothing else of, of aid here. Grinkeeper, would you like to try? Why not? Big money. We're all confused and uh, lost in the, the catacombs. An eight, oh, yeah. Yep, Grinkeeper and Slenderbelt right. make eye contact and nod. There's nothing <laughs> left to explore here. Co, <laughs> <laughs> you look around at your companions and you seem to be on your own. 
I mean, Ko's just as, uh, just as confused at the moment with how this works. Um. But you haven't described to them either what you're thinking or planning. They were just looking on to see if they discovered it for themselves. Oh, that's a good point. Ko, Ko would point it out and say, it looks like maybe these can be opened and emptied. Like in the case of these two, like it housed something. But how do you open it? I could try. Um, is that going to involve just smashing it? Uh, pulling it. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Here I go. And Grinkeeper will come up. And she'll put her hands on one of the door things, and she'll pull with all her might. All right, let's pull with might. Is that athletics? Yes. <laughs> it's a one. <laughs> Grinkeeper falls on her bum, losing wow. her her any sort of grab you have on this thing on the wall. I don't think it's going to open. Blunderbelt, uh, I can't figure it out, and Greenkeeper can't force it out. Do you have any ideas? No. <laughs> eh. I'm looking just to see if there's anything. Is there anything spell-wise? Yeah, Splendor Belt does not know of a way to do it. Oh, we could always come back. We know where this is now. And we don't know who the Silvers are, so maybe we could, I don't know, find out who they were? Yeah, and what happened to him? I mean... It didn't seem like there was much of a fight. No. We could also check out these other stairs. I don't know. Carrie would definitely be interested in a place like this. That's a good idea. She'd know a lot more than we do. Well, I do. I don't know much. Plus, there are strength in numbers. It never hurts to bring back more. Uh, Kyle, remind me, this one, was it, it looked like a piece was missing, but it was still otherwise intact? It looked like the, the disc itself was gone. The thing that covers the, the doorway and beyond it was just stone wall. Worked, but just stone wall. Oh, so no holes. So these no had hole. holes, this was just stone wall. Right, but the hold ones are still ringed by the edge that has runes that you see on these plates all over the wall. Is there any sign that anything, like, broke out to imply that maybe there was, like, a wall on these before? Like, I guess Ko would say this to everybody. He would point out, like, it's strange that the rings are gone, but it's a solid wall on this one, but a hole in these. Do you think we should try and break through? See if there's anything on the other side? I mean, I could give it a shot. Hey, we have you. You can do this. You can break it. 
Maybe. We've traveled with Greenkeeper long enough to know that if it can be broken, she will break it. <laughs> it's true. It's very um, true. I like this. I will remind you of the bell pants. I will. I will slap her on the back with a uh, with a dose of guidance, uh, so that you can now roll a d4 and add that to any ability check that you've got to roll for this for the next minute. Awesome. So she will get to the one, the wall part, and she will get ready with her. Uh, she'll turn the short sword into a great sword, and she'll go to smack the stone. All right, roll an attack and give me damage. So it's going to be a 32 for an attack. Oh. That was a hit. Okay. I wow. thought it was three damage. I was like, oh my gosh. And then 14 damage. So you bring up your blade and you swing it into the... What, which stone are you doing? Uh, where are you standing? In front of the one that's just the wall that's open. That's missing the disc, but it's just wall. Wait, so you're attacking just the wall? Yeah, because we wanted to see if maybe the wall was a door. And I get there's something you. behind it. I get you. So yeah. you swing that blade and it... Kung, 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 and, the, and the sound just echoes loud throughout this entire area. You hear kung, 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 and starts to overlap as it echoes up. The winding staircase behind you, the left staircase, the right staircase, just all around this room, this clang rings out and you split the stone slightly. Revealing just a wall, just stone. Greenkeeper will look a bit sad, but she'll kind of nod to it. It's just stone. Poop. I mean, maybe that's for the best. At least it means that there isn't, you know, something nasty waiting behind every single one of these. That's a good point. So we head back, we find Carrie. Yeah, it's that or explore more. With the passive perceptions of 10 and 12, Crandall, Splendor Belt, and Evelyn hear nothing. Co, you hear a of stone on stone, and you look down the hall and you see one of these with the eight kind of plates all spiraling, slowly spin open as the runes give a turn. I would send a quick message to everybody while in motion, taking cover back behind this, to uh, that one of them's opening and to be, be ready. Cool. Grinkeeper will position herself in the middle of the room. Do so on the map. Splendorbell, where do you go? Um, hmm. I'd go here, right there. I'll look. Uh, he looks like he's puppy dogging a little, but he's not really. He's just sort of thinks it's strategically smart to stay where Grimkeeper is. Greenkeeper, 
your light would be just just enough to kind of kiss the side of the wall where this opening has laid. And as you see it finish opening, those plates, those the, the spiral completes and folds back into the edge around it. And you see feet, two feet facing outward. Grinkeeper will relay this mentally and then slowly start walking toward the feet. Oh, man. I'll keep my uh, proximity. Yeah, Ko will keep watching from his hiding spot. Ko, make another investigation check. Investigation. It's 27. 27. So you're peering, perhaps hiding. Are you stealthing back here? Yeah. So you're kind of peering over the edge. And you look in the basins, the three kind of indents on the stone slab, and you see that they're full of dust. Is it like sand? Is it like the black sand that we've been seeing? Or is it just like dust, dust? It's the black sand. And in fact, as you kind of turn around and look, you see underneath the crack of the door, the very, very thin kind of linings. You see sand tinkling down the staircase behind you. Oh. Uh, Ko would relay that, but stay hidden. Would you say the word tinkling in our... Yeah, would, he would definitely say tinkling. Okay. It's not really a clattering. I'm, I welcome yeah. I welcome more uh, more oppressive words. I can't think but of sand, any. I don't know what it would be. Sand doesn't exactly clatter or cascade, but it's a little strong. Yeah, you know? I agree. I don't think there's a good word for it. I think you can't. I think you use a the, trickling of sand. A, a trickling of sand. Trickle, trickle works nicely. Trickle, but there's you know that that doesn't imply any sound. You know what I mean? Like slow trickle of. Oh yeah, you need sound. Yeah, I think, I think you did the best you tinkle. could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A zhuzhing. <laughs> yes, a zhuzhing of sand. <laughs> Grinkeeper, you take a look inside. And you are greeted with a extremely thin body. And as you look up it, it appears to be completely naked, but without any withered genitalia, just a vacuum sealed form. And its arms are crossed across its chest. She'll grab its foot and give a wiggle. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, Grinkeeper is wearing uh, chainmail, which does have gloves in it. So you've got gloves on. Yeah. If you want to take your gloves off, that's a different deal. And please tell me. But, you know, you Splinterbill in the background as Grinkeeper bends over to just give that foot a little jiggle. And you do. You jiggle it and it and it cracks about like a chicken bone wing. Does the body move at all? I mean, the whole thing kind of moves. It's very tight. 
The skin is is very stretched across it. So wiggling the foot kind of makes the whole body slide up and down. Okay, well, she'll then grab the bottom part of the leg and yank it out. All right, you grab the leg and are you just going to throw it off to the side or is this more of like a drag and you're going to let it fall to the floor upon exiting? Halfway. So it's going to be fast and then it'll drop to the floor as soon as it's free. Okay, so you take it out like it would be on a gurney, but there's no gurney, so it just plop down to the floor on the other side. Yeah. And there's a great <laughs> of dust that swirls around, and you can see even in your uh, white moonlight that you cast by your sword that this dust is its skin, this old gray-white skin that kind of disperses across its body as it hits like dandruff. Splinterbelt. You are very nearby. In fact, we're going to, um, we're just going to move Grinkeeper back an inch or so, and we're going to put that in its place. Okay. She deposits this right in front of you, and it looks exactly like the being that attacked you there on the farm. Hmm. Exactly like that? Oh, yeah. No, no genitals, just stretched skin. It's nose decayed and gone, its eyes sunken. The one you uh, were greeted with was communicating with you. And this one just lays. Hmm. Well, that would freak me out, because now I'm going to recognize that. Not freak me out, but I'll, I'll know of its danger. Um... I would, I, I would, I would want to do all I could to see if this thing's alive or moving or, or anything, any sign of life, to see if it's you know a threat like the thing back home was. It could be a medicine check or special skills and abilities. Let's do a. Hmm. Let's do a medical check. Let's keep it simple. Or a medicine check. Check. There we go. Seventeen. That's better. Seventeen. All right. You go up and down its form. You take a look at its bone structure. You note that even though its cartilage bits of ears and nose have long since decayed, with your successful medicine check, you identify it as an elf, an elf that once had pale white skin upon it. Its lips all kind of curved in, vacuum sealed as it is with time and, it's and total it's, dryness. It's clear that that time has passed, right? This isn't a recent deceased. You know, this is a, this is mummified re- remains. Best I can tell. Correct. Okay. And and much like last time with your your with your medicine check, you note kind of the trauma around that nose hole, uh, the ears, mm-hmm. as well as surgeries of some kind among the chest and the abdomen. And in particular, there would be in this vacuum sealed form of a person, there'd be no room for intestines anymore. Um, all right. I'm tempted to, I would tell Grinkeeper that I can bring this creature to life if we think there's any value in that, but it's not like we get to question it. 
it's not like that gives me any power. All I can do is bring it back if it's been dead for longer than 10 days. And Interesting. Can, How would you do this? Well, it's through... So, raise dead uh, is a thing. I can touch it. It's inst instantaneous. Uh, it says, provided that it has been dead for no... Oh, for no longer than 10 days. I read that wrong. Never mind. Yeah, that, that changes the whole idea. Go back where you are with the small basins of sand and noting the sand behind you. Have you done anything? He's watching it. Um, he, he's kind of just keeping an eye on everything, but he hasn't messed with anything yet. At the, the at the nine foot mark nearby you, another one begins to slide open. As it kind of spirals those blades outward. And the the sand behind me is it continuing to fill in? Is it or is it just falling? Just. Falling through the cracks with minimum, minimal, minimal mass. The door holding back the majority of it. This would be like the the dust left by your window after a sandstorm. You're not. It's not depositing the entire outside indoors, but just everywhere there's a tiny bit of air. There's a little grain of sand sneaking through. And these basins that hold sand, uh, about how full are they? Is there a significant amount or just residue of it? More like a residue. Uh, in fact, it, it's more, it kind of lays in a single layer on top of the bottom. All right. Uh, for now, Ko is going to, uh, he's going to see that they're, occupied with that he's gonna scoot a little more over to this side to keep an eye on the new one that's opening up and let them know that another one is opening okay Grinkeeper, splendor belt headphones off oh. as you start to scoot about the tab the the large stone plate in front of you. You see that one nine feet up start to spiral open, and you two in your dark vision see the feet. However, these feet slowly begin to slide out, and as they do, they turn at the knees, and the whole body kind of slides onto the floor and lands standing with a slight turn of its chest. And as it comes down, it unfolds its arms, and you see a little black light in each eye as it turns and starts walking with its hands out to its side towards Splendor Belt and Grinkeeper, whose backs are turned. Uh, Ko would... He would mentally warn them, but he would slip up behind and do an attack from behind on this creature. All right. Let's roll initiative then. Everybody back. I assumed. Sorry. We're rolling initiative. Initiative? Initiative. Yep. Great. Negative one. Here we go. 18. Not bad. Oh, that's 
Good. Yeah. 16. 11. Co is a 16. Perfect. All right. Co, you get to go first in this case. For Splendor Belt, with the highest initiative, is currently examining a body. Okay. So I assume this is going to be considered a surprise attack on the creature. It doesn't know I was there, right? Exactly. You were stealthed uh, with your previous stealth of 32. Okay, that's going to be a 23 to hit with the first strike. That is a hit. That is a terrible roll, but at least we get sneak attack. Uh, 19 damage for the first strike. All right. And... Uh, it's going to be a 19 to hit with the second strike. A hit. For an additional eight psychic damage as both blades go into it. What was the damage? Uh, it was going to be an additional eight. Or did you need the first one as well? No, I got the first one. All okay. good. So you give this... Is this a double backstab? Yeah, Ko just kind of slides up and then just kind of brings both daggers right into the sides of the creature. Oh, that's only one. There's the other one. Oh, whoops. Oh, there we go. A little less juicy, but still. (laughs) Well done. Considering it doesn't leave any marks on the creature, that was very, very juicy, but yeah. Yeah. Splendor Belt. Mm. As you were high in the initiative order, the creature ahead of you, the the being, yeah, its eyes crack open, and by that I mean its sealed skin Ugh. breaks as the eyes pop open, and these dark lights inside are revealed. You have your turn now. Okay. All right, let's give this thing a shot. Um, at the level I'm at, um, I can do I can do, use my channel divinity, which does not count as an action. It is an action, yes. It is? The, well, yeah. you use divinity as a point per day, and you get them on a short rest. The action is the thing you do with the divinity, which is turning into that holy healing form. Oh, or gotcha. Here. Or turn undead, okay. Right, which is an action. All right, we're going to try to turn this undead. So I'm going to hit for use here. Now, what has to happen, I guess, uh, is you have to survive what? I haven't used this before. Hold on. Because the way destroy undead works, when an undead fails, it's saving throw against your turn undead feature. It is instantly destroyed if its CR is lower than the threshold of your level. So the turn undead is as an action you present your holy symbol, speak a prayer censuring the undead. Each undead that can see or hear you within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw. Um, both these aren't within 30 feet, are they? Or are they? Well, you're right next to one. Right. You might the other have ones. to move to get the other. Yeah. Dang it. I wish they were in a 30 foot radius because if all he has to do is hear it. 
could do two for one here. Well, if you moved a few feet, uh, like 10 feet up, you'd be within 30 feet of both. Am I in danger of a opportunity attack if I move? No, because you're taking its action before it's even kind of entered combat in this way. So you have noticed it's awoken, but it's not currently wielding at the moment. So All right. uh, mechanically, I will say no, but you're right to note for the future that stepping away from a creature that is active would okay. be dangerous. All right. Because all he's done is his, his preparation of eye opening, I guess. Um, all right. So I'll, I'll move up there so that we've got a 30 foot radius of both creatures. Um, and I will do this for the first time. So I will hold aloft this uh, symbol. Uh, I don't know what my magical phrase will be. I'll say... um, Let's see. I'll say... I don't know what I'll say. I'll say... uh, 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 Turn from me, you pieces of shit or whatever i'll just yell something that's like get away from me <laughs> it, then, it's fine it was shocking it opened yeah. its eyes in front of you you leapt back 10 feet yeah. because of you're not aware of the one behind you but for for the sake of miniatures here yeah. we're gonna let it happen you leap yourself back turn away from me and lift your your massive holy symbol above you and it shines with the brilliance of Palor himself. Now, of course, this isn't a light spell. There's no actually mechanical sunlight coming from this. Right. But now I do a wisdom saving throw for both these dudes. Yep. I got a one and I got a four. So two and a five. That means. Okay, now let me, let me I think make sure. It I'm might reading. mean they get destroyed. Yeah, actually. I got to read this just to make sure. So when an undead fails its saving throw, which it did. Against my turn undead feature, it is instantly destroyed if its CR is lower than the threshold of my level or for your level. Correct. So you are a level 10 cleric at the moment. So yeah. anything one challenge rating or lower or level one lower. So zombies, skeletons would be instantly destroyed here. Okay. In this case, I think they're blown up. I think that's that's the end of them. Uh, I don't know. These things might be more. Well, they might be, but yeah, you'll tell me. Having seen these things cast some rather advanced spells there on the farm, they are not instantly destroyed. However, a turn creature cannot willingly move closer to you within 30 feet of you. For its action, it can only take dash actions to try to escape from the effect. Okay. So my guess is they're going to try to go north and south. And they should incur opportunity attacks from Ko and Greenkeeper, right? Correct, but that's on my turn, which is now yeah, before Grinkeeper's turn. Oh, you know what? I do want a bonus action. I uh, just want to get my my sword out. Uh, I want to f- get my magical sword uh, or my magical mace out floating. Perfect, and you can make an attack up with it if you choose. Oh, that's true. I can do that all, all in the same thing. Okay, hold on. Let me do that real fast. Um, let's do spiritual weapon not at five. That's crazy. Actually, I have two slots at five. Maybe I will. Um, yeah, I'm going to do it at five. All right, here we go to hit. Or no, not to hit. Uh, it comes out, and here and now it'll hit. Uh, by the way, I'm aiming for Ko's creature now. Because am I aware of Ko's creature now? Now that it's let loose and an earthly howl, yes. Okay, then I'm gonna see that and go whoa, and then pull out and you know get this this mace floating. It's got my face twenty one. Twenty one, excellent. So you. You hold aloft your holy symbol, speak your words of fear, but the creature's all 
in reaction. Yeah. And as he does, you notice one behind you and you uh, summon forth your mace and it kind of in front of you then shoots backwards in a straight line into its chest. Here's its uh, damage. A grand total of nine bludgeoning. That is the exact number. So here's what happens. Ko has its blade, excuse me. Ko has its blades in its back. And you bring the mace into its chest and they are impaled deeper on these psychic blades that are currently heading out of his hands. And they pierce through the front. And the figure, as stiff as it is, goes completely limp supported by the blades for a moment before the psychic etherealness of them lets them loose and it slumps to the ground. Nice. Nice. Also might be worth noting, Scott, it's uh, for your mace, it's force damage across the board. Oh, it is force damage? Oh, I thought I had to... That would be strong against bludgeoning uh, would not be the case. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I thought I had to apply the weapon even though it was like just an ethereal look to it, if, if that mattered. So that's good to know. It's a good thing too. Yeah. Like that'll probably help more than it would hinder. Right. Yeah. Few things are immune to force. That's why magic missile is such a meme. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> good point. Okay. That now is my turn. Grinkeeper, the one in front of you throws its arm out to the side and dark shadows seem to grab its hand as it supports it's there, and it basically lifts sideways on an angle using that hand, kind of embedded in the ground. It turns to run the whole time. (laughs) And you get an attack of opportunity. (laughs) That's great. A side dude is a 29 hit. It does. Sixteen damage. Sixteen damage with the blade of Loran into its back as it runs. I make a dash action and I run to the staircase. As I round the corner and start heading up the stairs. It disappears from sight. Three more begin to open around you. Jeez. And out of them, each pours, perhaps is the best way to say it. A mummified figure with hands crossed. Oh, it's home for trickles again. They're trickling out of their coffins. No, pouring's a little stronger. See, (laughs) see, you got to be careful with this stuff. (laughs) The note of a great DM. That's right. A lot of adjectives. Sometimes that don't come out right. It is Splendorbelt's turn now, however. First in the initial... No, wait, Grinkeeper. Grinkeeper. uh, You get a full action. Yes. um, So Grinkeeper's perception isn't high enough to notice the doors opening, correct? There is one next to you, and you would see this figure slide out and then land on the ground as its arms unfold across its chest. Uh, instinctually, she would have already been running after the one up the stairs. Okay, that's fair. So, uh, Grinkeeper takes off up the stairs. All right. Use your movement, and let's see what you can get in range of, because I did have to perform a dash action. 
Okay, so I can go 60 feet, so the each square is five? Correct. So you would do here, that would be 40 at the steps, and that would put you right... Oh, sorry, my laser beam. Uh, 40 would put you right here. So it looks like you could get there with the 60 and then bonus action? She's just running after it. Okay. Slenderbell Co. Grinkeeper takes off running after the one that it was feared up the steps. Uh, do we know that she's not? We assume she's not running, running. She's going out. She, we know she's going after the thing, right? Not fleeing. I mean, you guys have been together a couple months. I'd say you know that Grinkeeper, while single minded, would not abandon you. Okay. That's good to know. Um, okay. My turn, right? Correct. Um, okay. Well, let's start with an attack. This one over to my right that's just coming out. Uh, let's start with an attack with the sword first, or sorry, with the mace, the mystical floating magical mace. And uh, here is my hit a 24 to hit. That's a hit. Awesome. Damage on this uh, will be 14 points of force damage. Perfect. I Use used the, the force, force, Luke. So good. Yeah. That's bonus action. Uh, right. So let's see. Is he still standing after that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's still going. Okay. He took uh, 27 on Ko's initial attack. Oh, right. And then your forceful mace did the rest. All right. In this case, I'm going to leap into the fray uh, with a little bit of movement and toe-to-toe on him and go maces to faces. All right. Give me um, them face maces. Here we go. Face Crandall face mace number one. 18 to hit. Hit. For <laughs> four damage. It's not great. Bludgeoning. Uh, second mace. Oh, come on. Natural one, eight total. You miss. Oh, I was on 19 and then, then tipped. Bastard. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll whiff that one and uh, that'll be good for now. Go, your turn. All right. Seeing uh, Splendor Belt engage one of them, knowing that always presents opportunity, Co will run over to strike psychically at that one. And uh, he will attack with his psychic blade. Oh, geez. For a natural one, for a 10. That's a bad roll. Uh, so for his offhand strike that's a 19 that's a little better that's a hit sweet not great damage across the board no that's better um so that's going to be 22 points of psychic damage for the second strike 22 downs the feller oh oh nice good 
plus the 18 of Splendor Belt from before. Is this a is this a ear pierce? What do you do? Uh Ko comes up and goes to do a wild attack and will say, uh, realizes he's about to pass his dagger through Splendor Belt and deactivates it before he does. Nice. Uh, and then with his offhand just kind of gives a little shank to the side of the creature. Excellent. Anything else you'd like to do? Uh, let's see. That's action bonus action. Nope, that'll be that'll be it. Grinkeeper, you pursue this thing. And as it turns and reaches the staircase, you see it <sighs> come out of its daze and it turns on you, having received damage as part of the feature. And attacks. Make a wisdom saving throw. How about a 28? Whoa, that's pretty wise. You succeed. It holds out its hands in front of you and almost like a kid squashing someone far away. Popping heads looking out the window. It kind of holds up its hands and blocks its own vision and squeezes with both hands where you would stand. You feel a kind of force or restriction around you for a moment. But then you shrug it off. No problem for a paladin. It heads up the steps a couple feet in order to reach the flat platform. And that ends its turn. Below, Splendor Belt, Co. Make a dexterity saving throw, the both of you. A three. Is this a magical effect or spell? It, it sure is. Let's call it a 23. Jeez. The ground unsolidifies and cold creeps across it and builds up around Crandall's Splendor Belt's feet, kind of icing him in place before it all kind of in a great jet of blackness explodes around in a 20-foot radius and kind of collapsing in on itself. Deals. Nice. That was good. Three points of cold damage. Okay. <laughs> wow. Hold on. Maybe that wasn't the right sound. Yeah, that. maybe not. <laughs> However, maybe we needed a tinkle. Yeah. Splendor Belt, you are blown while inside. I'm what? What's that word you just used? You're blinded. Oh, bl- but I don't like blinded. Blound. <laughs> blown. All right. Blinded. I am blinded by the light. Okay. I'm in. So give yourself the blind feature. Co. Uh, you escape the 20-foot radius, so put yourself 10 feet in a, in a direction as you did sweet rogue's flippy business. No uh, no damage, though? No, that three doesn't get applied? Uh, to you, yes. Oh, you take does. three okay. points of cold damage All right. in what was a really cool spell name that did very little. Right. <laughs> I'll use this. This is going to be great. Oh, man. Yeah, that's awesome. But I am blind. That's a rough one. Go. 
You can see that this one is channeling the darkness that is surrounding Splinterbelt. Again, poor guy. Enveloped in darkness. This one here kind of traces you with its hands as you walk by, and it too raises both hands and squeezes over your form at a distance. Roll a wisdom saving throw. I'm guessing this one is also with advantage. Yes. Okay, it's going to be a 20. You're rolling. You're a high roller tonight. Well, I get to roll twice on all these saves, so... Give him free drinks and the penthouse suite in the Vegas hotel he's staying in. He is a high roller. You two feel the squeeze around you, but in classic Wolverine fashion, you right out of it (laughs) with your psychic blades drawn. (laughs) Grinkeeper, it's your turn up on the steps. All right, Grinkeeper charges at it, uh, casts her branding smite, and then makes her attack. All right. First attack is a 13. Is a hit. Against a naked man, are you surprised? (laughs) Naked men can be slippery. No, it's (laughs) Video games have taught us that a skeleton, it depends what expansion you're in, what level it is. (laughs) All right, eight points of radiant damage. All right, eight points. But that's just the smite part, right? Bring it on. Yep, and then 11 points of slashing damage. All right. Excellent. First attack complete. What is this? Next attack is a one. It's a 12 total, but it's a one. 12's a hit. But you roll the natural one? Oh, that's a critical miss. Yep. That's a good chance to hit, though. So you do miss. We're back to Splendorbelt's turn, who is currently blound in the slightly chilly darkness. So, I literally can't see anything but black around me, right? That's the deal? Correct. Okay. You also hear a cacophony of soft whispers and slurping noises. Oh, man. <laughs> Wait a minute. I used this spell in our first campaign, and I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. We might have used it a lot earlier than level 10 business, though. Okay. Well, I'm looking at some ideas here, but the problem is that some of the stuff I could do is is going to require vision. I got to see the spot. Um, well, or do it's or just don't a little. I? Don't be fooled by my my flavorful description of low ice damage. You can move freely. Oh, I can get out of the. Oh yeah, you could just walk on out. Oh, of this if I you figured wish. this is going to radiate around me. All right, uh, I would head this direction, knowing that the sound I'm hearing is coming from that direction. So that's where I would run, and not stop. Um, until I hit here. I don't want to be toe to toe. I'm going to send my sword over there. It's still out and doing its thing, or my mace rather. All right, I'm going to just do the measurement here. You can move. Um, What's your movement? Oh, you have your boots of speed on. I do. Okay, you can easily make it there. The difficult terrain of the sort of uh, warped ground takes some extra movement, but you can get there no problem. Nice. All right, we're going to tell that, that mace to go do its business. 
uh, for a 15. 15 is a hit. Oh, good. And damage caused by said mace will be 14 points of force damage. All right. Your action, sir. Okay. Now, this is the part where I'm getting a little fishy about things. Goes kind of far from me for that, so I'm not going to do that. Um... Oh, it's too it's too early for this. Okay. Uh Let's do something simple for now. I have an idea, but I I don't want to blow it and then find out these guys are made of paper and they're all gone in a minute. So let's do uh let's do a little bit of the old um Oh, actually I haven't used that yet. Let's do uh let's throw around Co, uh, the shield of faith. He's within 60 feet of me. A shimmering field appears and surrounds the creature of my choice. Co is the creature of my choice. He's within range. Yay. Granting it uh, plus two bonus to AC for the duration. This lasts for 10 minutes. It is a concentration spell, so it's the only one I got going right now. Although, is my sword one? Is the sword concentration once he's once he's out? Let's take a look. It would make sense, but also it's just think it is. I think it's one of those weird things where you would think it would and it isn't. No, it's not concentration. Okay, good. Nice. That good. thing's just convenient. Yeah, it, it is. is convenient. It's, <laughs> it's great. It's really nice. I love it. All right. So that's uh that's what I'll do. Around him and and that is my my turn. All right, Co, it's your turn. All right. Well, Crandall isn't within range, which is slightly a problem. Uh, so I am going to use my bonus action to take aim and throw my dagger from here at the one nearest to me, which means I get to roll with advantage, which is probably good because I rolled a natural one. Uh, I got a 12. Is a hit. Good enough. <laughs> we got it. Uh, all right. Seven plus. 27 points of psychic damage. On Damn. Thrown dagger. Damn. On the one closest to you that Splendor Belt's been hitting? Yeah. It goes down to a double dagger, slammy, throwy, uh, spectral macy attack. Nice. And then, uh, seeing that he's got a, a bit of armor on. Oh, wait, no, I can't move. I had to, in order to aim, I couldn't move. So that's going to be my turn. Who's got armor? Me. Oh, you've got, got armor. Mag- yes. I got magic armor. That's true. That's I was going to run and kind of tank this last one, but I can't move. So Now, for flavor, while it may not affect Ko's stealth, so we won't say it's shimmering light, do you dress him up in any way, Splendor Bell? Does he get a hat? Does he get a jacket? <laughs> um, Ethereal, you know, jerkin? <laughs> um, I hadn't thought about this at all, but now you make me want that. Um, the light catches it just right. I've got Crandall Splendor Belt's face right on my chest. Ooh. <laughs> 
Yeah, I hadn't thought about this. I kind of like the idea, though. I like the jerkin, if I'm honest. Or a dicky. You know? Sure. Yeah, spiritual, uh, 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 you know, ethereal dicky. <laughs> I want to Google go. it to know How what do it I, looks like, yeah. but I, I think I get put on a list if I do. What's a dicky look like? <laughs> uh, what, dickies like the pants? You know, it's what, no, it's that weird um, tie tucked in material thing that like Fred has on uh, Scooby-Doo. Um, oh, I got to find an example of it. Oh, like a scarf? Kind of, but it's like a very a specific kind of thing. Oh, the internet thinks it's pants. So hold on. Do I have no, this wrong? Here, I got it. Uh, Wicca, Wikipedia, I got one for you. Okay. In the Discord. Let me, let me look it up. Oh, oh, it's like the thing that would roll up and slap uh, Bugs Bunny in the face <laughs> while he was singing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, but now that's the th- it's a third thing. The thing I'm thinking of with Fred. Fred, I think that's called an ascot. Oh, that's yeah. it. An ascot. That's what I meant. I want it to be an ethereal ascot. Spectral okay. ascot empowers you with armor. Yeah. I think Scott just wanted to say dicky. I did kind of. I feel <laughs> won't lie about it. <laughs> there it is, chat room. There's a dicky. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going crazy. All right, so that's my that's my turn. I have a spectral ascot on, and nice. I'm gonna stand here. Excellent. Good look on you, Grinkeeper. Make a strength saving throw. Okay, uh, 19. 19. You succeed. Tendrils of darkness leap from the fingertips of the being in front of you and attempt to wrap you about, but you once again in your all your paladin splendor shrug them off. If it could look shocked with its limited lips and facial expressions, it does, as its jaw hangs slightly ajar and to the side. As it looks on, it attempts to run. You may make an opportunity attack. Twenty-one is a hit. Nineteen damage. Nineteen points of damage. As it turns to run up the stairs further, you swing your blade across, and it catches it in the side. And you smash it against the wall, and it dust poofs out like a fly hit by a swatter. Love hitting those dusty flies. Grinkeeper will then turn around and run down the stairs and back to her friends. All right, you will get a full turn in a second. There is still one still in the room here with Splendor Belt. And it now tries its luck, bringing its hands up and squeezing Splendor Belt with all its spectral might. Roll a wisdom saving throw, Splendor Belt. Okay. Coming in now, hot. Oh, jeez. It was a nat 20 for a five whole milliseconds, and then it rolled and is a two plus three, so five. Gosh dang it. Splendor Belt, you are paralyzed as you are grabbed by spectral, invisible, even giant feeling hands. And as Splendor Belt goes rigid, his hands slap to his side. He forms a perfect stick with his body. He slowly floats up and starts heading towards one of the holes. 
Oh, feet no. First. Oh, shit. And the thing giggles to itself. <laughs> as it starts hovering him towards one of the vacant catacombs. Oh, man. Grinkeeper, you run down the stairs. You see uh, some. This, this would be at the base of the stairs. So down at the bottom of the stairs. Let me, let me get you here. You'd be there. Let's do some measurement. Uh, 50 feet out ahead of you, you see a giggling, mummified man hauling Splendorbelt spectrally into a hole. Not cool. cool. So she used uh, her action and her move to get there. And that, then that was she- good. This was just your move. So you can move more if you'd like. I only did you one move. Oh, yeah. She's going to go the full 60. Okay, cool. All right. Then you would find yourself right there. Perfect. Uh, she will take out a regular javelin and chuck it at the giggling figure. That would be a... You did a double move, though, right? You're right. Uh, okay. What I mean is my, a bonus action with Compelled Duel. Okay, very well. You cast Compelled Duel. Uh, Wisdom 14 is the save. All right, here we go. I got a 19. You have higher wisdoms, then. <laughs> Dumb beasts. <laughs> they are casting a lot of spells and whatnot. It's true. Splendor Belt, you are currently paralyzed. Wonderful. I assume that means I have no turn. Paralyzed for the duration, which is one minute. And while paralyzed, incapacitated, can't move or speak, automatically fails things and is a critical hit if hit. So you're losing your turn at the moment. And my sword, my sword, there's no way that sword ever gets to do anything autonomously, right? It has to be commanded by me. That's a good question. You are considered incapacitated, though, which is its own condition. So we have a subcondition here. Let's check out incapacitated. Means can't take actions or reactions. Right, but if my already floating mace... And it's a bonus action. Now we're getting, now it's getting juicy. All right, let's rule lawyer this. Yeah. (laughs) we found a loophole (laughs) alright sage advice the database for official rulings anything that deprives you to take ability or take actions also prevents bonus actions so no your spectral mace currently hangs chilling I think that is the right that's that's right and well that they decided that, that was the case because that would be weird. So Ko, it would be your turn. All right, Ko is gonna take a little running stride forward. Oh, was his oh, shield and his he shield's moved, gone? He right? moved Splendor Belt. He moved him. That's great news. Oh, is it? Your yeah, your shield your shield's gone, right? I because I, I can't concentrate either. So just know that. That's true. Oh. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. You'd be missing your jerkin or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> the, the ascot. The, the, the power of the ascot of Paylor. Uh, so now that I don't have to move, uh, I can take another aimed throw at this fella and throw the dagger at him. Try and hit him with a stronger smack. So that's uh, 22 to hit. Is a hit? 
which I already know hits. Um, that's going to be... 26 points of psychic damage. Damn. A mighty hit. A mighty hit. I don't know if he's concentrating or not, but I figured a stronger hit would have a better chance of breaking that concentration. Mm. Splendorbelt slams to the ground, falls, no longer held by magical means. You're back in the icy darkness, so that isn't that cold in the first place, but you are blinded. Oh, I'm still, I'm in that blind. <laughs> it's a little chilly. It's like a cold fall breeze. Ooh. You're uncomfortable, but Ooh. it's not bad. Excuse me. <laughs> All right. It might do more damage if you hang out it for longer. Hmm. You got the English there. Yeah, do you want to hang out in this longer? No, Would you I prefer want to, to hang out in the damaging zone, please? I want out. With that broken, it would be the thing's turn. Wait, one of the Fantastic Fours in this scenario? Yep, he shows that. Clobbering time. Oh, man. The sun did... Everyone's beautiful but me. <laughs> <laughs> It looks about seeing that its spell has failed, intelligence in its dead eyes. It has a psychic, the psychic dagger dissipates after hitting it, dealing massive damage to its form. It sees Splendorville collapse into the darkness. It sees Grinkeeper blocking the way. And it slaps itself on the shoulders, taking its pose yet again that it emerged with. And oh, disappears from existence. Oh, great. Blender, this would be Grinkeeper and Co. Roll perception checks. Mon decent. A 16. A 19. Ooh. All right. Grinkeeper, in a moment of clarity. You see dusty footprints walking by you and begin heading up the stairs. Cool, it's her turn, right? It's your turn. All right, she casts Branding Smite. Now, if this hits, it's going to uh, make it visible. Okay, yeah, and then you make an attack. I gotcha. I was just so making 17. sure it wasn't a spell on thinking you can see. So you swing right where you know it to be, where its feet are indented, leaving footprints in the ground, and you swing into its side. Cool. Uh, eight points of radiant damage. You hit it with the radiant damage and there's still a blade to come, which I don't need damage for. Okay. As the light shudders across it, illuminating its outline before the invisibility snaps off and you once again just cut in half at the thin spine and abdomen. It collapses in the dust. Is everyone okay? 
All good here. Uh, uh, Splendor Belt. <laughs> uh, oh, I would be. I, this is gone, right? This ball. Yes, this, it, it disappears around you, and where the ground was warped and kind of moving, it just stops and returns to that stone tile. Splendor Belt's just on the ground. <laughs> There's nothing there anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. It's, uh, not, no worse for wear. Only three points of damage. I am okay. And I'll get up, brush myself off. Try to make Green myself keeper, look cool. Oh, sorry. Go for it. No, I was just gonna say I want to. I just you know try to look. I'm gonna. I, I if I if he's honest, Blunderbelt's a little embarrassed by all the uh, incapacitation he's he's received during this fight, and so he'll be he'll be a little sheepish in the face after this. Greenkeeper will look around, looking at all of the potential sarcophagi. And go, uh, so we'll head out now? Yeah, I mean, I think we could be doing this for a very long time if we stuck around. I think it would be best to notify the guild. Let's do it. You guys want to go first? I'll take your rear just in case. Okay. That would just be a beautiful image of adventure as... Co and Splendorbelt head up the steps, down the hall, the camera looking with all the lines, sarcophagi that could open at any point, as Grinkeeper with her glowing blade kind of walks backwards up the stairs, illuminating it, moving around the corner as that light gets cut off. Uh, Splendorbelt, you get a bit of a oh, scare as you walk by a wall and you see one splatted against it. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, you all climb the stairs. Constitution saving throws. Oh boy. Gotta climb the damn stairs. I don't know if I even need to ask. This is this is a save against stairs. Yes, it's a save against stairs. You get a plus two because you're close to me. Okay, well, appropriately on my natural one, I got a two, and uh that becomes a four because I'm motivated. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh twenty-six. Um, I touch myself with guidance. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yep. <laughs> and then you know I what? Roll. At the first sign of fatigue, as Ko gets more and more annoyed with these stairs and realizes he is not going to keep pace with his companions, he's going to go, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys at the top. And he's going to cloak, teleport <laughs> as high up as he can. <laughs> To skip as many steps as humanly possible. <laughs> Perfect. He's going to blink. Uh, You're blinking. He can go... Uh, how far is it? It's really far. It's uh, Dimension Door. Hold on. It's in my spells. Nash <laughs> used to have that. I can go 200 feet uh, straight downward or upward or northwest at a 45 degree angle of 300 feet. Um, yeah, but is so, that going to embed you in like bedrock or in some tree? Well, no, like, I'm going to pick a spot where I know is safe. I just, I've been down these stairs. I can just skip to the top of them. Yeah. That's a lot of feet. Co can, Co can go. <laughs> Co can go. So with a, with a whirl of his cape, Co disappears. You got a four though, right? Yeah. 
a couple minutes later, you pass him on the stairs. Oh, no. I can't however, get to the top. <laughs> however, we will say that by doing so, you gave yourself a nice break and you avoid any sort of exhaustion. Nice. I was going to say, Grinkeeper would offer to piggyback Co. By the way, mine was a 16 with my bonus roll. Perfect. Yeah, I don't know how you all. Yeah. You all lose any perspective on how many stairs there are left, but eventually you round the corner and you see that Goliath Lang. You see his companion leather bound, and you see the winged cloth man. Was there anything you wanted to do here? Hmm. No, I don't think we're going to be able to take him with us. Co definitely can. He's already tired, and he cheated. Yeah, and we got nothing from that fight that fits into slots or replaces any stuff. Or there's no any. We got no items, right? Nothing came out of that. I got some Correct. items. What'd you get? A ring and a necklace. Oh, right, that. But I mean, from like the fight, fight. <laughs> Nobody dropped. No. Okay. Um. Yeah, I wouldn't. There's nothing here to do. I wouldn't do anything. All right. Let's make survival checks then. Are we still in a minute since I last rolled? Oh, goodness, no. All right. I'm going to touch myself again with guidance. Don't look directly at Crandall while he's making a survival check. Yep. Don't do it. Oh, my gosh. Another same thing. 16. Exactly. Uh, I got a 17, assuming I'm not rolling with advantage. And 14 for you, Grinkeeper? Cool. All right. You all easily make your way back up the path, the winding tunnels, and eventually find yourself at dungeon level D to the Gruber lift and lift, and you return to town. As you appear above ground, the light is starting to wane from the day. Having spent the morning in the flunk bathhouse, though it was quite delightful, the dungeon is being dispersed. Everyone's leaving after gathering their loots. And you see about you, you know, it's been it's been some two weeks since this really started getting going. And you see about you a little bit of copycatting, even some deja vu as people walk by you. One adventurer walks by you with a silver sword talking about how he got it in the Dungeon A levels. And another moment as you head down the street, another silver adventurer walks by you with the same silver sword. You see across the sea of adventurers gathered out by these taverns that have developed and all these shops that they're spending their gold that they've earned in the dungeons below. You see a lot of them are wearing the exact same hats, the exact same armor. And it looks to you like this same kind of alloy, that metal stone hybrid of the items that you had experienced in your own dungeon exploring. Like the the psychic uh, the psychic polearm that you all found, the horn of blasting, the ring, the cape, all these things that you've discovered. You see amongst you just a sea of adventurers all wearing the loot of that alloy that they've gathered below. And as you, uh, do you all disperse? Do you all stay together? Or are you heading anywhere in particular? I would recommend we go to the guild, turn in the silver badges and let them know what's going on. Maybe meet with Carrie to tell her about where we were and warn that it's dangerous. Totally. 
Yeah, we should do that. As you head towards the guild, you walk by many of these shops and you do note that prices continue to go up around here. As more and more treasure heads out of the dungeons, seems people are taking advantage of it. In fact, one of the few things you see that is reasonably priced is one stall run by a fishman labeled Splendor Belts. Was it independent potato concern? Hold on. I wrote it because okay. I loved it so much. Splendor Belt's nonprofit potato concern. There you go. <laughs> and Splendor Belt, as you round the market and kind of head back towards the guild, uh, you see Glebama there selling potatoes and it's packed. And you see downtrodden adventurers getting bowls of potatoes, some potato stews, some potato products, as it's about the only reasonably priced thing in the entire market to sustain these adventurers. And amongst them, you see Boonfellow lining up for some Splendor Belt potatoes. Hmm. Does that does that strike me at all as uh, that would feel odd because because we hadn't gotten to the point of harvest and 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 retail. You know what I mean? Oh no, you've been selling uh, potatoes for a bit now. Oh, that's true. A bunch of time passed. Correct. Uh, three months is all it takes to get a crop of potatoes, and you would be well into your second season at the moment. Okay, I was sniffing a time travel problem or something here, and I... Um, oh, yes, that would be quite bizarre, and a very big twist to add mid-season, final season. Yeah, because the reason it was like, first of all, you were like, they're all wearing the same hats. Like, it was alternate timeline vibes is what I was getting. Ah, um, I see. And uh, then I'm like, wait a minute, we're in full potato? Oh, yeah, right, we are. Okay, um, all right, I would see this, and I don't know, I'd probably walk over there and see how things are going. Head over to Gleepoma? Yeah. Just check in. Your, compa- your companion breaks to you running for his own stall. That's <laughs> <laughs> eh, fine, he's got potato concerns. Exactly. He'll <laughs> drink keeper and coke. <laughs> Very good. Is there anything particularly you would talk to Gleepoma about? Um, no, it, it would be general stuff like you know what's the, you know how how are we doing? How you know what have we brought in? Um, what's the stock looking like? You know, just kind of a the businessy stuff. I would be checking on. And he goes good as he at his side has one of those coin dispensers and kind of gives it a couple of click click clicks as he pops out some bronze pieces and passes it to the next person. Yeah. His little. Uh, archer hat upon his head, his large side bag at his side as he passes out more and more potatoes. Okay. And I'm reasonably reasonably sure that they're no, nobody's skimming anything, right? Like I, I guess I could do a bunch of investigating to find out. But when I'm not there to watch, I just want to make sure it stays a nonprofit and nobody's, you know, dinking around with the numbers or skimming off the top or anything weird like that. If it disturbs you or not, that is your decision. However, Gleepoma and your various employees have not collected a single paycheck since they've been working for you. Okay. They all live eating rats, potatoes, <laughs> and hunting in the Noble Hollow for one Nopa Ropa. Right. Thunderbelt is the true villain of this whole <laughs> ordeal. Uh, poor working conditions. Bad working uh, conditions. He's yeah. keeping a lot of them there under a lie. Oh yeah, I'm looking for a princess. Really putting all my effort into that. We'll <laughs> just do these chores for me, and we'll find her. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, that then I'll, I'll Brothers to... running the ultimate quest scheme. <laughs> We're like, oh, I have the information for you, but first, will you remove the rats from my barn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a quest giver. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, pat him on the back, his little fish back, and uh, tell him good work, and then I'll go back to find my companions. And he goes, thank you, master, thank you. Ah, master, a word. Uh, yes. What is it? The barn. Yes. The barn has haunted my master. Is it, uh, Chad, Brad? Perhaps he's just talking and you forget he is outside on the... His head is on post. Or wherever we go. No, we bury no, him. something dark lived in the barn. Care. Uh... Okay, well, uh, when I get back, we will check for a problem. Better do it! (laughs) And he goes back to selling potatoes. Sweet. You all head to the guild. Splunderbelt catches up with you. You head down the street. The various shops that surround the guild seem to be in disrepair at the moment. In particular, Goggles Granny's alchemy shop is closed up. A lack of business due to the influx of other alchemical suppliers. However, uh, Gruber Lifton's magical shop seems to be doing quite well, funded by the taxation and tickets there to use the Gruber Lifton lift. Uh, the the Tertolans general store does fine as well, and the laundry mat and all, all those sort of places remain open. But you head to the guild. And inside... The guild is a little less populated than it was in the past. Lots of wood leagues still doing the minor jobs, removing monstrous wasps and dark mantles and all that sort of thing. But the the bigger quests have all sort of dried up in favor of this massive mega dungeon below. You see, working the desk tonight, you see one... uh, Jimmy the Soup is at the acquisitions desk, and Helenar Clearstone is at the quest desk. We need to see Carrie. Uh, and then what is this uh, pertaining to Delvers? Stuff for Carrie. Right. Uh, you only completed the quest to go find the flump uh, camp and did nothing else, correct? Yep, we need to talk to Carrie. Okay. She goes to the back. <laughs> Carrie emerges moments later, looking like she ran down the hall. She kind of does. You kind of hear the kakunk as she sort of hits the wall behind the door, and then a as she shimmies along it and opens the door with a great jump forward. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. I've been here the whole time. Where else would you have been? Oh, nowhere else, but I just wanted you to know I'm, I'm, I'm available. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to come back, or should we talk out here? Or how, I mean, how, what are we talking about? Uh, let's talk in the back. Okay, back to, back to my office. And she leads you back. You pass by the office of Zoldar the Wizened and the various offices of the other guild employees, but enter the laboratory of Carrie. So, what's going on? Well, uh, I don't know if you're up on what we were sent to do, but uh, we went down to uh, negotiate with the flumps 
um, on floor E. We did that. That's fine. That's all taken care of. We can we can talk to Helena about that. But um, on our way back, we found a found a staircase that maybe we hadn't noticed before. And then Co would just go into detail about all the things they saw, what they encountered, the tablet, the abolith. He'd talk about that, and uh, then also mention. You know, we found the bodies of a couple silvers down there and kind of give a nod to Greenkeeper to turn over the badges. And she would do that. I see. Okay. Um, Well, we got here and Carrie heads over to a a large book and starts moving through the pages. We got here. uh, Black Bear, Hypnomoth, and Shadowblade. Yeah, it looks like you found an adventuring party of silvers down there. You said that was at the top of the staircase. Yeah, just before any, we started descending down. Any uh, any wounds of note? Uh, seemed almost like a illness of some kind. I don't know. I wasn't able to determine too much, but didn't seem like your typical business of, you know, stabbing, bludgeoning, that sort of thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh. And uh, did you did you did you use the the amulet? What amulet? The the amulet with you you know with your wife's blood that I put inside of it. Did you did you notice anything from it? Oh, Ko has that on his glove now. Did it not do anything? Well, you said you you made a construction so it would always be covered and not shed light anywhere. Oh, that's so unless true. you took a look at it. No. It would not be seen. Uh, no. I should probably leave that uncovered unless I specifically need it uncovered. But I didn't do it. Okay. Well, that's fine. Uh, but here. Uh, well, my, I mean, my best guess. And she gets out a map. A map you've seen before. One that you submitted to her. Hidden under a certain portrait. Well, if there's big staircases... And it sounded like there were. Uh, that sounds a lot like the Umbral Flight, which is noted here on this map below uh, Wither's Keep that you supplied. Uh, it sounds like you found the one under Atmer. Uh, there's another one that goes off, and then maybe the third heads straight for this Umbral Flight. So this flight of stairs, we think, is over by this secret door and the Black Basilica? That's, I mean, that's additional locations on the map here. Uh, I, I, all I know is that staircases are called flights sometimes, and that's the best I got. So what about the indents? Three indents, right? That sounds great. Uh, big door, sealed, three indents. Sounds like you got a key problem. There weren't any keys down there, though. Yeah, no, no, they're never going to be with the door. That's 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 ridiculous. So you've done dungeons before. You got to find all three, and then you'd be able to go in. All right, so we just have to determine what the keys are and obtain them. Well, I mean, not a bad idea to start with the... Three staircases. You got three staircases. You got three keys you're looking for. And, uh, I mean, the Kalazar is known as the... Uh, let's see here. 
uh, King of the Underkingdom, ruler of the Dark Empire, uh, Necromantis Rex, and she kind of picks her nose while she does it absentmindedly. Umbral Sovereign, the Undying Majesty, and the Lord of the Black Basilica. What was the Rex one again? Uh, the uh, uh, the Necromantis Rex. That's amazing. Uh, that uh, Necromantis is a type of uh, flying mammal. So, uh, King of uh, Bats. Oh, uh, I also uh, I've I found some items. Are you able to identify items? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, I do the, the I'm the, the I, I I check them for curses. That's what I do. Oh, okay. Co will hand over the ring and the necklace. Okay, let's see here. And she starts getting to work. Uh, is there anything you guys would talk amongst yourselves while that happens, or do you let her do some item identifying? Well, what do you guys think? Do you think we should see if we can find an excuse to pursue whatever these keys are? I don't know if the guild's going to be willing to send us. They seem like they would be pretty upset if they found out we even did what we did. And Carrie's over in the corner. She's got all these magnifying glasses out. She's looking at the arm. No, yeah, you guys are still grounded. But uh, if you want to do something, I won't say nothing. So how do we get back on the elevator? Because then we need a thing for that. A pass or something. Well, I mean, they've sent us down twice now. They might send us down for another thing. Although I get the feeling almost like we're being sent on either to our deaths or I don't know. I, is it just me or did it feel like we were not that critical to the last mission? Yeah, it was. It turned out nicer than I thought it would be, but yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciated the break, but um, it kind of felt like we were just sent as busy work. And they haven't cleared Cassius yet. Yeah, there's been no word on that. And we know the Kalazar is down there, so why would they stop us? Yeah, we should just go deal with it. Well, I agree with the key thing, but I don't even... We just need access to the elevator, right? That's true. Carrie, can you forge documents? Uh, what kind? Elevator passes. I'm not really, I mean, I'm an artist, don't you get me wrong. I, I think what I do back here is special, but not really, you know, the, uh, what you got here is a amulet of health. Yeah, and she kind of passes it back behind her as she attends to the next item. Look, if we need documents forged, I can absolutely take care of that. Uh, but I just need to see one. I haven't had a ton of experience with the ones we've had. Carrie, can we get an elevator pass? Look at an elevator pass and can Cooper will look at Colin. You need to look at one. <laughs> Maybe a picture. Ah, I mean, I don't have one, but uh, this here's a ring of evasion. That's great. She passes that back.
It was just the two items, right? Or did you guys grab something else? The uh, helmet, the moth helmet. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. She goes about inspecting the moth helmet. Well, I mean, I could always just do my best to try and remember the one, the ones I've seen us use, but I haven't ever looked at it with the mind of copying it. It might not do us well, but if we can acquire one, there's plenty of groups going down there. I could probably get my hands on one. Yeah, that's true. Could we just buy one from Gruber? I mean, if we wanted to discreetly acquire one, we could probably do that, too. Uh, Splendor Bell will clear his throat at that. <laughs> Won't say anything, but just will kind of go... <clears throat> uh, Carrie, do you have any idea how closely they're keeping an eye on us? Uh, is there a chance that... You know, we could probably slip in. Have you heard any words? Are they going to send us on another mission anytime soon? No, I've, I'm, my, my understanding of the situation at the moment is that you guys are uh, skilled, busy work performers. And uh, you were selected for the, the flunk mission because of Splendor Belt's uh, proclivity to, to, to and your previous interactions with the the fish people, the Koatoa. So you were, you were sent... For your expertise, but otherwise, I think you're being used when needed. I think I could get us an elevator pass. This is mundane. This is just a helmet. It's a nice helmet. It gave him kind of a mothy look, but it's just a helmet. <laughs> gave him a mothy look. I just love that he went all in with the theme. He went and got himself a moth helmet. So, um, yeah. So what's the what's the plan? Well, if they're not going to send us on their own accord, maybe we force the issue. Maybe uh, we acquire an elevator pass. I can make us up one specifically for us that'll be good enough to get past the elevator. We can go down and explore at our own leisure. Hey, Carrie, we're going to need provisions. Uh, Can you sneak provisions for us? Because I think it might be a little weird if we just start asking for a few days of rations. I mean, one of you owns a farm. I don't know what I'd be able to supply outside. You can buy food in town. It's not like it's not like they're going to be worried you bought dinner in town, maybe. I mean, they might have eyes on you like that. Oh, I'm just saying because you're here in the guild building itself. You might be able to sneak some things. Are we being watched right now? I'm watching is it, is, you. Is it, is it like, is someone listening to this? Should we be like talking? Um, I assumed you'd probably keep your office secure. Is it not? Oh no, I don't worry about it much. I've never really done anything illegal. It's always just been work. Should uh, I? Am I allowed to talk to you guys? Probably not. 
Uh, it'll be fine. <laughs> All right, look, we will figure this out. Thank you for your help, Carrie. Do you know uh, yeah. if any groups are going out anytime soon that would be using the Gruber Lift and Lift? Every day. Uh, every day. The, the majority of adventurers stick to the dungeon levels A. Those are the, the grinders, the uh, repopulating dungeons, constructs, the things that, you know, uh, dispense the basic items as per usual in the great gear machines down there. Kind of like what you found up in the, uh, in the, in the Dragon Mountains. Uh, those those ones kind of keep themselves going. The deeper you go, the more dangerous and the more likely it is to have uh, infestations of types like the, the, the dungeon C4 Bahir you would run into. So uh, the majority uh, don't use the lifts. Uh, however, every day there are several groups that head down, see in below. Right. I'll focus on getting us a ticket. If you guys want to focus on any other preparations we might need, like acquiring us food and stuff like that, we don't know how long we'll be down there for. And y'all just going to wander around till you find keys? Well, I don't know what alternative we have, Carrie. Eh, good, good point. <laughs> All right, well, um, I guess get out just in case. All right, we'll leave. And you turn to leave. Do you do anything else? As a group, I should say. Uh, no, I mean, I would at this stage, I would probably go back to the farm. Cool, so we split ways. Yeah, uh, Co would, and we can figure this out, not on the actual show, but Co would divvy the loot... Uh, to who makes the most sense. We can figure that out later. Um, but otherwise, yeah, head home. Cool. So you all... Ko, actually, Ko, before he leaves, would hang out to see if he could get an idea if any, just sort of stealth and mill around the guild and around town, trying to get an ear for anybody that might be planning on going down uh, the lift because he's going to shadow them and try and steal and acquire one of their passes. Sounds before good. Before they go. Sounds good. Grinkeeper, let's follow you then. Where do you head? She would head back to the school. All right, and back to the fountain? Yep. So you head to the school, you enter through the gate, and you head to the Loran Fountain. The Loran Ilfakir Finishing School Fountain press the block beneath, transforms into a staircase, and you head below. You walk the distance down the ramp to the great door where you pull forth your blade. Roll your charisma check. A natural 20. Nice. Whoa. You pull forth the blade it extends forth a dagger, a short sword, a long sword, a bastard sword. And then extends even further, the heart reaching out back behind the blade. The blade extends some two feet, or the hilt extends two feet long, and it begins to spin violently together until the entire sheen of light makes a great cone 
a knight's lance. Some six feet long, a massive enchanted lance appears before you, and you thrust it into the massive keyhole ahead. It parts the light up above, as you've seen before here, and the door opens. Immediately floating towards you comes ghostly blue attendants with small bits of scrolls and parchment floating amongst them, their form, defining them outside their etherealness. They take from you your coat. They take from you your things. Immediately, your items are folded and placed nearby. You have a delightful little dining area. All above you is a stone slab, but lining it is a moonlight shimmer that twinkles down as little bits of stardust descend by. Beyond that, you know, is your bedroom, a great roundish bed with the curtains pulled all around. But in that same room, floating in a shaft of moonlight, is Loran's armor. Something you haven't been able to get to just yet. No matter how close you get to it, always seems to be too strong. A force seems to hold it back. It's a beautiful set of plate, lining the shoulders, going down across the chest, and making a great skirt that looks like blades beneath. This is all supported by a uh, blue under tunic and dress that would go to your ankles. Has with it boots, glove, all sort of kind of hover lightly alongside it. And on that chest, you see a, a white frilly shirt underneath that parts through the various kinks in the armor and a blue tie on top of that. Loran's armor still awaits you, eluding you. However, your spectral servants fetch you a fine meal. You note nearby a bell that is never rung. Meanwhile, Splendorbelt returns to the farm. And as you approach the farm, you are greeted some nicely by your various servants, such as Brad Chad, some more aggressively, wondering if you've seen the princess yet. <laughs> uh, no, not yet, I'd say. Ah, curses! Working and he walks on it. back and continues digging. I am working on it. You walk by the farm. It's doing well. The large potatoes piled up in the carts nearby to head to town to be the only affordable meal in this age of inflation. But you see the barn where you sprout the spuds and a potato slowly rolls out of it. Hmm. Nothing else? Just the potato rolling out? Just one potato rolling out of it, propelled by some unknown force. I would I would walk toward that very cautiously, hands on hands on weapons. Make a investigation or perception check. Okay. Uh, 19, uh, perception. Hmm. You look around, and you look under the large pallets that are housing these sprouting potatoes for the next harvest, and you see a great many scrapes. You find a decapitated rat who's 
innards look like they've been pecked out. Wow. Okay. I'll continue to look around. You continue back, back further and further into your barn. And you hear some scritching, some scratching underneath one of the pallets here. Okay. I uh, would take one of my maces, hold it at length, and and flick it up. See if I can see what's in there. You take one of your maces, you kind of lift it up a bit. And underneath the pallet, you see something in the back corner. There by the, 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 the building wall, the scaffolding. A gooey something. Like a... Like a lo- like a football, a leathery bit that's been ripped. Okay. Suddenly, you feel something on your ankle. I would look down to see what it is. Viewing this disgusting mass ahead of you, you turn slowly and look down at your ankle. And... Cooing up at you, rubbing its head on your ankle is a chicken that looks like it's in a beetle shell with hooked hands. It nuzzles your ankle and looks up at you before it opens its mouth wide and goes. Does it appear to be harmless to me? It's too small to do anything? You seem to have birthed by forgetfulness, neglect. Either way, it is printed upon you. That small hook horror egg you took oh, from the bank I that day. Oh, I forgot I had it. <laughs> That's right. And I hid it in there. Oh, and geez. that's where we end for today. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I've got my own hook horror baby. That's amazing. All right. Very, very good. Uh, good stuff this week, everybody. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. And next week we pick it up uh, again. Do we have a, we don't have a guest next week or do we? Do we, we do. We do. One Carter Johnson. Oh, right. My daughter's on. Yeah. So I uh, look forward to that. That's right. She was asking me the other day about some, uh, some uh, class questions she had. And uh, I'm the worst person to ask, but I'm glad you did anyway. Anyway, that's coming up next week. Uh, you can expect to see her and us having a great time playing D&D once again. If you haven't done it yet, go support us at our Patreon-like thing that we made up ourselves. It's called the Dungeons Plus membership. All you got to do is sign up and get the benefits. They'll just start rolling in. Uh, that means bonus content every month as well as other cool stuff and things in the mail. So if you want that, why not go get it? Uh, that's over at therewillbedungeons.com. And I think that's going to do it for us. For me, for Kyle, for John, for Kristen. We didn't hear Baby Chunks, but I know he's there. Nearly two years old, Baby Chunks. It's insane. Uh, For all of us, to all of you, we hope you have a great week. And we'll see you next time on There Will Be Dungeons.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.